Welcome back. It's another episode of A Brother's Got Next, your favorite podcast. As always, it's your boy, Quab. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Darian D. I always got to give you a early shout out. What up, man? What up? What's going on? You know, another week. You know, this is what I look forward to every week, you know, doing the podcast. Um, once again, you know, shout out to all our new listeners and people that's continuing to support us. You know, I've been out there promoting it on social media, Instagram, Twitter. And I appreciate, you know, people getting back to me feedback when I, you know, kind of uh, shout them out or, you know, kind of reach out. So we appreciate the you know the listenership. No doubt. No doubt. And uh, just want to throw this out there. The song you heard in the intro was uh, Al- Algorithm, who's uh, one half of the group called the Stuyvesants. You can listen to that music on Spotify and uh, definitely check it out, man. Got a lot of dope beats. But I'm excited about today's episode. Yo, I got one of my high school boys, dude, I've known for, man, what is it, 18 years? It's crazy how time flies. It's a family man, big sports fan. Music taste, eh, a little questionable, but we're going to talk about that. <laughs> Yo, Eric, what's up, dog? Club, Darian, what's going on with y'all, man? Man, I've been waiting for a long time to be on here with y'all, man. For y'all to have this podcast, man, coming from where we come from, man, and the, the long journey y'all done had, man, this is a beautiful thing. It really is. Man, I appreciate, oh, I appreciate that. that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And, you know, we, we give you a lot of shout outs in a lot of episodes. We'll always say I heard We always say the homie Eric. Well, everybody, this is the homie Eric. So yes, we got sir. a lot of things to talk about, you know. So me and Eric met, man, Kaiser High School back in 2000, yes, 20 sir. years ago. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Quad, that's 20 years, not 18. Yeah, that's 20 years, man. Yeah, that's, that that is that. insane. That's 20 years, 20 years, and we still close friends, man. This is crazy. Yeah, like it know, really man. don't happen like that a lot. I really don't. I really mess with the same four or five people, and you are one of them. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, we always got to reach out to each other, especially when it comes to like sports. Oh man, you know, Eric, Eric is Eric is one thing I like about Eric, man. He is a loyal fan to his teams. His teams oh. aren't that good. Like he's a Dolphins. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm gonna convince y'all today. I'm gonna convince y'all today. <laughs> know that. Big time Miami sports fan. He loves the Heat, loves the loves the Dolphins, and he's, yes, he's, he's hardcore, man. He watches every game. He's rocking his jersey. He'll text me when the Steelers are playing the Dolphins. Usually the Dolphins oh lose. Oh, my God. Awesome. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, e, real quick. Like, yo, I mean, because I know you, you you grew up in Cali, in Southern California. Man, I'll be thinking sometimes, like, when I hear about your sports teams, that you should be in Florida. You should be living in Florida, fam. You know what? I ne- I get that question a lot, man. I never visited Florida in my life ever. Yeah, and don't go right but, now. You know what's going on right now. Oh Everybody man, yeah, the, with the pandemic and everything going yeah. on, yeah, you don't want to take a risk. You're trying to go out there, but yeah. I don't know, man. For that Dolphin game, you know what? They let people in. I might. <laughs> 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 I'm just no, no, no. joking, but you know, I just. Man, it's just one of them things, man. I seen the Dolphins back in the day, man. I'm talking about, oh, man, Dan Marino, before Dan Marino, even then. And you know what? I just stuck with the team. I just stuck with them, even through all the bad seasons, which has been since Dan Marino. Yeah, man. And the Miami <laughs> Heat, man. Eddie Jones used to be one of my favorite players, like one of my yeah. favorite, favorite players, dude. And you know what? I just ever since then I just loved the Miami Heat. Even before we got D Wade. Once we got D Wade, got Shaq and got that first title. Oh man. Oh uh, that was the best. Your, your epic, your epic Facebook rant. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that, that, I, you know what? The rants didn't start coming until after to them LeBron titles start coming. Before but when uh, D Wade was out, we didn't have um 
I don't think we have Facebook and uh, Instagram and all of that because that was back in 06. Oh, so you recorded that just on your phone? Like, okay, I thought you recorded that like when that was we probably had MySpace. MySpace. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm definitely. It was definitely during the LeBron era when I started recording those. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, Eric, I got a couple real quick. I got a couple high school stories, so I, I'll never forget this. Eric used to talk so much smack about how good he was at 2K. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's the same story I was going to tell, but go ahead and tell you. <laughs> Check this out. So, one of the last days, I think it was one of the last days of high school. It was. It, it was really our, was, yeah. Our, it was like our English class in the morning. Miss, mm-hmm. I think it was Miss Walsh, Miss Walsh's class. Yeah. She, she let us bring in a Dreamcast. And I'm like, okay, we got, like, the whole class is going to watch me beat Eric in 2K. <laughs> the whole class. Eric, I'll let you continue the story. What happened in you 2K? Know what? what happened? You know what? I think we had already been talking smack to each other for a long time. And yeah, and then finally, the last couple of days of school, they was, you know how they let you party and just be like carefree or whatever. Yeah. Yep. I th- yeah, they ended up letting us bring the Dreamcast in. <laughs> and then the whole time I'm like, and then and, you know, on top of that, we had a bet. You remember the bet? Because yeah, if yeah. I was. I, if sign. I lost, I had to wear uh, either I think it was a sign or your or Steelers something. Yeah, you something had to Steelers. Wear, you had to wear a sign around your neck the whole day, saying like, <laughs> yeah, you had, to say like <laughs> you had to say like dolphin suck or something. <laughs> so it was something like that. Yeah. So I'm pumped up. I'm like, man, I'm about to beat this dude. You know, and we got in there. We got the. I, you know, then it comes down to like the very last. Yeah, shot. I think I won by like one point at the end. Yeah, yeah. you won by the uh, the last shot, and I think it was like. Um, I forget what it was, dude. It but it came been, down it to the like the street ball. I don't even think it was like a regular. It, yeah, it, it was the street ball. The NBA 2K with Iverson on the front of it <laughs> on Sega Dreamcast, oh, and it came down God. to the very last shot. And yeah, he beat me by one. He beat me by one point, man. And I had to walk around. I think it was saying something like "Dolphin sucks, Steelers are the best," something yeah. like that. But <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna tell like you something, Bob. Ever since that day, man, I think I think that put bad luck on my Dolphins because every time we play y'all. Oh man, y'all just destroy us. Well, I can't no, no, that's lie, not man. that's not necessarily. Well, you know what? We do thing. give y'all games, and they cheated us that one time when Ben Roethlisberger fumbled in the um end zone. Oh my and god, that was a little bogus. That game they cheated. That game they cheated. Sorry, we had to do lot y'all like that in that playoff game a few years back, though. Sorry, we had to do y'all. That, oh, man, and that, that's my most fondest memory, man. We in that playoff game, I was hyped up. The Dolphins finally make the playoffs after a long time, <laughs> and then. Y'all hurt Matt Moore like the first couple plays of the game. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was ugly. It was real ugly. That's cool. And, like, I, oh and, and B, I know you have, you know, man, you met you met Eric when we were in college. He would remember Eric. You would come yeah. to Vegas and kick it with us. That's you, what I'm saying, yeah. man. Yeah, we were even from um high school, man. And then when you graduated, you went on to college at UNLV, and then you linked up with Darian. Yeah. And that's when we would come out to Vegas every year for New Year's yep. to celebrate yeah, with y'all. Yeah. So and I that's met, how I, I met, met Darian. I met, yeah, so I met Eric in, I think that was, what, 2003 when y'all came out? Um, yep. Yeah, I think you had came out, um, yeah, with, like, with Mark, with your boys Marcus. And Big Ken. Yep. Big Ken. And um, <laughs> yes, your other friend, I can't remember his name. It was Dominic. Dominic, yeah, yeah. So we all, I remember y'all all came out. And Kwabe had been telling me about you because, like, you know, me and Kwabe supposed to have, the bass over music, and he was like, "Yeah, man, this homie, my homie Eric, man, he, he likes he likes good music, but he likes bad music too. So he'll be like, he'll be like, yeah, he'll like comedy, but then he'll like killer. And I'm like, what? So I remember when I when I first met you, 
And um, you you know, we always used to get into it about Cameron, and you were like, Yeah, he's hard. And I was like, No, he's not. We used to always like the debate back and forth about killer. And then I remember your boy, when your boys had the nerve to say that, like, I think um Purple Haze is better than like ready to die. Oh, he's talking about like, Sean. What? He's talking about yeah. Sean. And I was like, uh, what? Yeah, Sean. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna tell you, I'm about to I'm about to set this Cameron thing straight. I'm tired of hearing y'all talking about my boy Killer. <laughs> Cameron is legendary. He is legendary. He's a legend in the game. Cameron, and I heard y'all talking about a, a versus battle between the sorry people. I'm like, Cam is not sorry. Cam has multiple hits, like a lot of them. <laughs> he has a lot of hits. And it's funny that you say that because Gabriel was the same way as you just a few, uh, maybe about a year ago. And he was like, oh, Cameron sucks. And then Cameron had a uh, concert out here in L.A. at the Noble, uh, the LA, in L.A. somewhere for $5. He had a five dollar show. Five? Yeah, it was Is a five dollar show. Dude, yeah, <laughs> man, that thing was sold out, and I took Gabriel with me. Man, he was singing every song in there, and I'm telling him like, "Yeah, you know that, huh? That's First classic, all, right there." You posted like footage of that concert. I'm like, this sounds awful. He was singing like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, like oh boosters. Terrible, man. What is this? I'm not saying Cam is the best lyricist, but he's definitely underrated. People underrate him. He's a good, he's a top artist in the classic. You, you know what's legendary. Funny? I, I will give you this. Like, so me and Quab, um, we downloaded his last album. I think it was Purple Haze 2. Purple and, Haze 2. Yeah, and I can't even front. It was it wasn't bad. I was I was uh, surprisingly shocked because I mean, look, like I liked Come Home with Me. I don't get me wrong, like I like some of his songs and some of his albums, but I just think overall as an artist, it's like I mean, he just has never been good to me. But yeah, this last joint he came out with, I actually was like, okay, he wasn't actually bad. It wasn't. He had some songs on there. I was like, all right, I can kind of mess with. But just overall. But you got to. But come on, you got to think of it this way. Cam is not just only a, a rapper, an artist. He he does movies. He has clothing lines. He's done a lot in. He's done a lot in hip hop culture and and a, and a lot of other things. Yeah, Cam is that. a legend. I will say that. Yeah, he he's definitely. Yeah, he really for, is, especially like on fashion. Definitely on fashion. Cameron and the Diplomats was one of the first to get big on like the fashion and everything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, he yeah, had catch up. So he has, he has done up. stuff. He has done stuff for hip hop. So when I hear people talk like Cam, Cam, Nick, Cam, Matt, dude, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> I, I just listen. I just and his catalog like, is pretty crazy. He got he has a dope catalog. I just hear stuff like La Pisa Pisa eating a piece of pizza. <laughs> I can't really vibe with that. <laughs> Y'all been saying that same thing since 2002. <laughs> so here's the thing, Eric. I used to hear stories, though. So this is one story that Quab told me um, about you. And I remember I, I was dying laughing when he told me about it. Like he said, when I was back in high school, the day that um, Stillmatic had dropped, oh, y'all went to go right. get Stillmatic together. And he said, then you picked mm-hmm. up you picked up Little Romeo's game time. So I was like, I was like, wait you a minute. You know what? That, that is a true story. <laughs> that is a true story. Like, yo, how do you pick up Stillmatic and pick up game time? And then Man, not even at the that same time, level. At, at that time, me and Kawhi would be arguing so much, and he was a, a Nas lover. <laughs> he was a Nas everything. I'm just like, this dude right here. And then uh, just to hate on him, I'm like, I'm gonna get this little Romeo instead. <laughs> and at that time, and at that time, I really wasn't a Nas fan. I wasn't a like a super hip hop fan. You used to tell me like Nas suck. Now. You'd be like, Nas suck. I'm like, and, 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 and Marcus used to say the same thing. I'm like, first of all, Marcus, he be rocking like he be he was bumping like three six mafia. Yeah, Marcus is Marcus is a three six mafia down south yeah. type person. That's, and Lil Wayne was his 
favorite ever. Yeah. So you know, yeah. about, look, like, there's there's they got bangers. I'm not gonna act like including Cam. Look, I, I'm not a fan of Cam, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh, boy's not banging. Say, you know, that he ha- he has some tracks that got that are pretty good. Like Horse and Carriage was catchy, but overall, I'm not rushing to the store to listen to his to, to buy his album. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Not. <laughs> I mean, y'all got your own opinions on that, man, but I'm just letting y'all know and all the listeners out there that Cam is legendary. <laughs> the, no, the only one, the only one that may agree with E is our boy uh, B Rice, who we've had on the show. He oh, likes he Cam. Loves Cam he loves yeah, he so got he... good taste in music. Then. <laughs> no, yeah, Eric, 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 you know what's funny? Both of y'all, both yeah. of y'all are similar because I feel like I always tell Quab like. You and B Rice, y'all both y'all like everything. Like y'all, y'all like dope stuff. Like you like, I remember you like common, you like big, you like I I, I like how you like my my new group, uh Griselda. But then Yo, you know, Eric, Eric, Eric loves foreign exchange too. Like, foreign exchange. Foreign but then you dope. don't, but then you be liking <laughs> yeah, foreign you be, exchange is dope. But then you be liking Cam and Little Romeo. I can't I, I don't understand. <laughs> Man, that little Romeo was the, just a spike quad because he was a super <laughs> Nas fan. <laughs> Dude, but he did have one e, track on there that was fire. The, e, you went up to the register and purchased that. <laughs> you spent your hard on money on little Romeo. Well, cards. I don't know how hard I don't know how hard earned the money was. Like high school, so. <laughs> yeah, Dog, you could have bought you like McDonald's with that or like a T-shirt or something. Yeah, that's funny, man. I forgot all about yeah, that. I'm glad that you really did that happen. I'm glad that really I, did happen. I forgot Eric was rocking that game time. I think it was game time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Another memory I got about a uh, high school quad. It's pretty funny now because uh, the dude about to fight Mike Tyson about to fight right now. But remember when Tyson fought Lennox? Oh, Lewis? The, the, the the fight party at Herman's crib. <laughs> I was the only dude. At Herman's crib, dude. I was the yeah, only man. dude rooting for for Lennox Lewis. And when he won, I was cheering. I I swear these dudes wanted to beat me up, dog. They were all looking at me, <laughs> man. Dude, we were super Tyson fans. And then the build up to the fight was crazy. You know, we like, oh, we had the watch party at, I think it was at Hermes. It was at Hermes. Yeah, man. I'll never forget that day. Never. Yeah, that was and it's crazy now that, that Mike Tyson about to fight Roy Jones. What do you think? What, real month. quick, real quick, what are your thoughts on that? You you, you excited about it? You, you're definitely going to watch it or what? I can't even lie to y'all, man. I'm excited about it. I'm definitely going to watch it. But I just think if Roy Jones can. Stay away from Mike Tyson. I mean, he's definitely a better boxer than Mike Tyson. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I he's a better boxer than Mike Tyson, hands down. There's no debate there. But if his chin is styrofoam, so it's like if he gets hit by one of Tyson's punches, even now you see Tyson's training videos, you're like, dang, he hit Roy Jones with that. It's not going to be good. And Roy Jones has some pretty harsh knockouts, like some. Oh, pretty yeah. bad he's knockouts. Been, he's been put to sleep in the past. He's been put like oh, yeah. to sleep. Wow. Like oh, they yeah. had to take Johnson, him out on a, Harvard. on a yeah. They had to take him out on a stretcher. I'm yeah. just like, dude. I think that's scary. And, those are, and then and just recently, I mean, his last fight against the whatever the guy McBride or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, Kevin McBride. That was his last fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyson lost. Uh, Tyson lost to that guy. But I think if Roy Jones could stay away from Mike Tyson's power in the first two or three rounds. He might have a chance to outbox him. I think he can outbox him. And that's my thing. And so then, Tyson's not Tyson's never really been a long distance fighter. So exactly. you get right, him past. Exactly. I know it's only an eight round fight, but once it gets back exactly. past like round three, I'm gonna be like, oh, okay, I think Roy got a shot here. If you can get yeah. past those first few rounds, because we know Tyson, he was the king of the first round knockout in the eighties and yeah, you know, early nineties. Exactly. So exactly. absolutely. D we, D, you gonna come to the crib to watch that, man. I'm excited. 
Yeah, because it's also E. So I'm let me tell you the story, E. When this, I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite of you. When I first heard this fight was happening, I was like, "Yo, wh- what is this? Like the the old school retirement like tour or something?" Because <laughs> I'm like, "Yo, like one guy's 54, another guy's 51." I'm like, "How is this good for boxing?" So I'm like, "Yo, I'm, I'm not. I'm like, I'm not gonna pay my money." Especially, I heard they want fifty dollars. I'm like, "No, nah, I'm not paying fifty dollars to see a 54 year old and a 51 year old, and it might not even go." The distance, you know what I'm saying? They might, they might tie, right. they might tie themselves out and both quit in like round four. Like, yeah, I'm good. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm like, I'm not paying fifty dollars for that. So Quaba's like, yeah, you know, he like, I'm excited. I'm gonna watch it. I'm like, well, I'm, I guess I'm gonna come over to your crib and watch it. Well, it, well, it, don't think you're just gonna get a free ride. You're gonna have to buy food or something. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy food. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I'll do that. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying, but but look at them though. Do they look like that? Do they look their ages? No, they don't. They, they, they don't. But what I'm saying is like, okay, look, it, it's it's different when you don't look your age, and then when you get into a ring or you get into that sport, and you're actually, you know, playing or fighting or doing it. It's it's totally different. Like everybody looks good in training videos. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, and definitely. obviously, all that stuff is edited. So right. yeah, they look good, and I'm sure they still have the skill because they were professional boxers. But right. dude, when you get in that ring and it's you know three minutes. You know, around or whatever, yeah. it's a totally different story with the stamp. I mean, do you? Yeah, no, I definitely. The one thing I always say about any sport, you cannot, you cannot beat Father Time. You just can't. This, and that's, that goes for anybody. You know, even the greatest, our greatest, you know, sports heroes in any sport, you can't beat Father Time. As at some time, your age shows, and your, you know, that it catches up to you. And then I feel like in this one, that's what's gonna happen. Like, I mean, might it go to distance? Yes. Could it? Could we see somebody get knocked out? Yes, but is it going to be like? I don't think it's going to be like what people expect. Like it's going to be some great fight. Like you know, when everybody's you... expecting a great fight. I, I mean, nah. it's an exhibition fight. Yeah, too. It's not it's, it's not something people you know. I, I wouldn't say that it's not great for boxing. I think it's it's something that I haven't heard one person say I'm not going to watch that. Everybody's like, right. I may not pay fifty dollars for it, like you're saying, but they're like, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued. Like what's going to happen? Right. You know, these are two yeah. legendary fighters, so. Why not exactly. see what they can do? Yeah. Two legendary fighters, you know, and they, they both still, they can feel that they can do it. So it's like, okay, let them get in there. I'm going to tell you what, we paid, what, $100 to see Mayweather fight McGregor. And we, <laughs> no, was, we, no was, in, we was entertained by that. And we couldn't, can't be entertained by two actual professional fighters that want to try to give it a go just to entertain us. You That's know what I mean? And, this and it's just only an eight-round yeah. exhibition. So stamina, I believe it will be a factor more so to Tyson than um, Roy Jones. That's just how I feel, because Tyson never had the best stamina. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and, and he also hasn't fought, fought in 15 years. Like, I feel like Roy Jones at least has fought in the yeah, know, recent years. Exactly. So that's why, I was, that's why when me, Quab, and his brother, Questy, were kind of talking about it, and, you know, they were both saying, well, I got Tyson. I'm like, well, I kind of got Roy Jones, because I'm like, yeah, at least he's fought recently, and he's been he's been actually in boxing shape. Like, Tyson hasn't fought in 15 years. And like yeah. you said, he he lost to McBride. Like, remember, he gave yeah. up in that fight. Yeah, he you know, gave he, even, up. he even said he was done. He was like, "I'm done." He said so he was yeah. doing it for the money. Yeah. Right. So now you expect yeah. me at 54 to him to come in here and be like, "Yeah, okay, I'm gonna come and knock out like you said, a legendary fighter and a skilled fighter and Roy Jones, who's who has been fighting over the years and he's yeah. older, yes, but yeah, I, I'm not. You know, I just don't believe that. So that's why, like, I'm I'm in, I'm kind of in agreement with you. I think if it goes past, yeah. Two three rounds. I think I like Roy Jones. I like Roy yeah, Jones and winning outright. Yeah, I think I just Roy don't. I, just, I don't. I don't think Roy can knock Tyson out. I don't. No, think I don't think happen, so either. But I think Tyson can. Def, Tyson can definitely knock 
Roy Jones out. Like it's possible. Right. But I don't think Roy can knock him out. I'm a little nervous. I don't want yeah, I don't want to see Roy get put to sleep, man. man I, I, that's I've been telling Gabriel and Dominic them. I'm just like, dude, man, I'm scared. I'm kind of scared for Roy. Yeah, but I'm yeah, also I'm... scared for Mike too, because like, look, Mike is 54. He hasn't been in there in 15 years. I'm not saying Roy will knock him out, but don't be surprised if Mike gets hurt somehow. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see him like get like pass out or anything. I mean, dude, 54 is 54. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, people keep saying, "Oh, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, you know, worried about Roy." But look. Let me tell you something. Even if Roy don't knock him out, if look, people slept on Roy. Roy has power. You know what I'm saying? He was no, he does he have has, power. Yeah. He has power. Yeah. And just because he won't knock Tyson out doesn't mean he won't hurt him. And that's a 54 year old you're doing that to, not a 34 year old, not a 24 year old. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. he he hits Mike with a couple good punches. You don't know what damage you can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also think that the big factor. I, I'm not sure if they're gonna wear headgear or not. I I think if it's an exhibition, they might wear headgear, and I think that could also. Determine on like if 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 Tyson ends up knocking him down, it won't be like a brutal knockout. Like okay, well they have just almost like they're sparring or something yeah. like that. You know? See, that's totally different. But, they wear headgear because if they yeah. wear headgear, then that changes the whole game. No, nah, they're they not wearing headgear. But yeah, I, I, but I, but listening to Mike Tyson, man, he he's convinced me that he he ready to go, and he even said it himself that you know what, he only know how to go one speed, and that's hard. Even though it's an exhibition, I believe Mike Tyson is gonna go in there and try to. Hurt Roy Jones and Roy Jones. Oh, absolutely. Is saying. That's, just, that's he. That that's the only style that he knows. I will say this: Teddy Atlas says something interesting. He said, "You know, everybody's fascinated by these Tyson videos and how quick and strong he looks, but nobody's swinging back at him." You know, and yeah. that's what I said exactly. That's exactly yeah. what I said. That's what I'm saying to both of y'all. Like, it's totally different once you get in that ring, dog. Like, you can do all these fancy videos and show people. Like, I still got it. I can do this. But man, when you get in that ring, it's a totally different, you know, atmosphere. It's totally, it's a totally different story. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, hey, I'm looking forward to that, man. We're definitely going to have another podcast talking about the result of that fight. We'll see what yeah. happens. But let's move on, fellas. Um, obviously, we're all big NFL fans. We talked about Eric being a, a big-time Dolphins fan. Everybody knows what Dan's doing. So, as you guys know, obviously, with everything going on, a lot of players are often held. You know, so, and, you know, if day by day you hear about more and more guys, it hasn't necessarily been any like superstars yet. You know, there's a couple of big names like C.J. Mosley on the Jets recently right. opted out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dante Hightower, Patriots linebacker. So there's been some some significant names, but there hasn't been that like, oh, my gosh, like like Russell Wilson's not going to play like a, a megastar, you know. So um, my question to you guys is what are you guys' thoughts on players opting out? I mean, especially you, Eric, like you have children, like I'm sure you understand where some of these players are coming from, but I'll start with you, Eric. What are your thoughts on some of these players opting out? And do you think it's even worth it to play football this year? Like you see what's happening with baseball. Should we take like a year off or just give it a go? What do you think? See, my thing with this, is it safe? Like, you know, see what the NBA is doing. They have a bubble and and granted there's, some players that still got the virus or whatever, but it's controlled. It's a controlled environment, and, you know, you have less chance of getting it. And baseball is just – they just out of control, man. They just playing it like if it's just nothing happened. They don't have no bubble in place. <laughs> right. They, they you, don't. They, they don't have nothing in place. It's just like, oh, go to the stadium, play with no fans, but still. And then you see what happened with the Marlins. The whole team pretty much has it. And now it's yeah. just spread into each team, each team. I honestly don't think the NFL – the uh, MLB season is going to last. Like they've already postponed twenty something games. I don't think. Well, the NFL I know that MLB, yeah, the MLBs reached out to a lot of these networks that are their games and saying, "Hey, you guys need to start preparing for alternate programming because there is a possibility this. We don't know. We don't know if yeah. we're going to have to cancel 
season. So it's been a disaster. What did the season start two weeks ago? Yeah, and they've already postponed 20 games, 20 games in two weeks. And uh, one whole team has it, and then it's spread to other teams. It's just the way they came into it, their protocol was not good. Like they need to be talking to uh, the commissioner of the NBA on what he did because they have a bubble and it's safe. As for the NFL, I'm not sure if they have like a bubble system or anything like that that they they're, they they're going to do. See, mm-hmm. and, and with that, it's just like, how can you do that? How can you play and be safe at the same time? You know what I mean? And some of these players or all these players got kids and they just want to be safe for their family. So is it worth it to play? I I highly doubt it, man. Nothing is more important than your health. Not no money, no none of that. So you know what? If the NFL can't come up with some kind, if the NFL can't come up with some kind of plan bubble where all the teams can be in one spot and uh, quarantine, you know, like it's something like um, the UFC is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I, the, the UFC island, like yeah, the White Island. Dana White, man, they went and purchased the island just to make sure everything is safe. They did. That's actually a very underrated thing that happened that a lot of people don't give Man, enough credit people for. People need to really respect Dana White, Dana White for this. People really need to respect yeah. Dana White, man, because what- Dana White is, is a really good commissioner. Man. Yeah, man. He, he he doesn't. Yeah, I know he's a little outspoken at times, but he's done a lot of things the right way. So, yeah, D, what are man. your thoughts on this? Yeah, just to piggyback off what Eric is saying, I think you know the thing is with with the NFL, I think it's hard to do the bubble like the NFL, like the NBA is because. There's more players. I mean, you're talking about 53 yeah. guys on every team, on each team, and to put them on one central location, like, how do you do that? You know what I'm saying? How do you yeah. put all these guys? And, you know, with the NBA, it's a little easier because you're only working with 12 to 15 players on each team. They yeah. also they invite every team. Was it 22 teams? Yeah. And they're all in one location. But the NFL, I think the NFL and even Major League Baseball, to that fact, even though I, I agree with you, Eric, they're doing a horrible job yeah, of, like, how, they, how have they kind of, you know, dealt with the situation. But – I just think with the NFL and both the and, and the Major League Baseball, it's hard to kind of put them in one central location because I know MLB at one point was talking about Arizona, you know, putting them all, you know, where the Diamondbacks play. Like everybody would just play there, but the problem yeah. was now you see Arizona is one of like the hot spots for COVID. Exactly. So you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's like, well, how are we gonna do that? And then I think with 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 the football, it's even harder because, like I said, you're talking about. 53 guys on each team and how do you how do you put them all in one place i mean yeah first of all from just from a financial standpoint for the nfl that's going to cost a lot of money um and they would literally have to do what what uh, what dana white did with the ufc they would right. probably have to purchase like a you know a space or an island or whatever to make that happen and i don't know if financially they would want you know it would cost them because they were saying with the nba doing the bubble it's already cost them billions of dollars just to yeah. do that you know what i'm saying so i think it's a lot of financial things involved um, as far as should I mean, as far as should they play? I mean, I'm kind of with you, you know. Like, yeah, is it worth it? Nah. I mean, you yeah. know, I know these, you know, all these guys make millions of dollars, yeah. but you know, you don't, you don't give up your family and your health for no money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, you know, you're talking about. I'm looking at. I was looking at the numbers this morning. You know, you have 37 players that opted out. You know, of playing. I mean, I know they're not major players. And I think New England Patriots alone have seven they players. Have that seven out. players alone. Yeah. yeah, seven players alone. Mm-hmm. I just think that at some point, as the season we get closer to the season, you can their numbers going to increase. Yeah, and you're going to see major. You're going to see major players kind of you know say you know what it's not worth it. I'm I'm out. You know what I mean? Or yeah. even worse, you're going to have some of these players actually get the virus, and the, the NFL may be forced to like just like you know what we we don't have really a good 
guidance on this, we might have to shut it down, you yeah, know? Exactly. So, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, with everything going on, you know, you got to put your family and all that, you know, and your health first. So, yeah, I, I mean, if they have to wait a year, maybe they, that's what they should do. And I'm really talking about for all sports. I mean, I know the NBA yeah, is but you but know the NBA saying? got NBA was blessed because they played pretty much all of their season. All they have left is playoffs. That's all they have. That's true. That's, That's where true. the other sports yeah. there started from day one, game one. Right, right. You That's know true. What I mean? So That's it's, true. it's just yeah. a lot harder. Right. Yeah. It's right. Because the NBA, the NBA knew that they know the season, so it's like okay, we can only limit this and bring twenty-two teams instead of all the teams. You know what I mean? Right, right, because I know they're able to have them all in the same place. Right, because the NBA, mm-hmm. even the NHL is the same way. The NHL, because they played most of the season, they're able just to kind of, you know what I'm saying, yeah, go right back into it. Yeah, set up a tournament it. for playoffs. Right, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. And, and, and from that standpoint, they, they have it a little easier than the NFL and MLB. But like I said, yeah, I mean, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, it's about your family and it's about, you know, your health. So, yeah, maybe maybe they should think about, you know, maybe waiting a year to kind of get this thing going. And and the, and those are excellent points by both of you guys. And I I, I I agree for the most part. It is tricky to bubble the NFL with that amount of players. If anything, you would kind of have to do like like let's say four different locations yeah. in, in certain parts of the country instead because you can't do it all in one. City. Yeah, you can't. It just it doesn't it's it's strategically it doesn't work correctly right for having you know eight, nine, ten games on a Sunday. Right, right. I know the NFL is played on three different days. So. And financially, it'd be, it'd be crazy it. financially what they would have to put yeah, up. You know I mean? from a, yeah, right. And then so it's from, like... From that mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Carl, go ahead. Oh, no, it's all good. So, yeah, so it's like point, you can't, you, you can't have, you know, set six games in one stadium in a day. Yeah. Especially if they want to go through the whole, you know, uh, sanitizing process yeah. after each game. Oh, yeah, That's just, yeah, it, it's exactly. just not going to work. So... Um, and unfortunately, we don't really have a lot of cities with two stadiums like for, you know, like L- like actually, I don't know, like L.A. is, is probably equipped because they still have the Coliseum, mm-hmm. um, obviously the new stadium that's going up. But obviously, L.A. is a high risk place right now. Um, yeah. You know, New York City, maybe you could. I mean, you know, obviously you have MetLife, but then it, it what I'm saying overall is it's going to be tough yeah. to bubble in the NFL simply because. Um, one you can't do it in one city, and another thing is, you're like I said, you're gonna have to have like multiple locations, like yeah. four different locations. But then, how does that affect the schedule? But that's what I was gonna say, Quab. If if that was yeah. the case to have four different locations, they would have to go in and modify the schedule that way. Like only East Coast teams is over here playing East Coast teams. You know what I mean? Because exactly. you can't have a West Coast team going flying over to let's say wherever New York that they you know that that's one. You can't have that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they would have to modify the schedule to have East play East or West play West or something like that to where there's no like significant travel. Yeah. So so it's funny that you guys brought, yeah, that you brought that up um, because that's what college football is doing. They're actually just doing like the Pac-12, like, you know, down, down by your way. They're just playing on in their, in their region. So like, you know, like USC and UCLA will play each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're going to play each other. Everybody, everybody's going to play each other on the West coast. And I think yeah. the same thing with like the ACC. Everybody's playing like in the South. Like Clemson's gonna play yeah. Duke, but they're not gonna they're not gonna be you know going cross country. Like yeah, Clemson's gonna go play you know USC or USC's not gonna go play you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Rutgers. You know what I mean that's yeah yeah so something they, like that. You have to if do they have something way. like that, may, maybe that can work. But I just I just don't see it. Just too much. It's too many teams. Too many players, and it's just too much. 
It'll cost. And these players just have to be. Money. Yeah, they have to be smarter overall. You still have players going out to parties and. Yeah. You know, you you can't if if the NFL is going to make this work, you really have to have a set of rules saying like, look, if you're going out and doing this, actually they do have a set of rules. I know Goodell recently came out and said like players, you know who go to high, you know, who go to like high risk events and contact the virus, they actually face discipline and they may not get paid. So the NFL is being very strict about players going out to clubs and and then coming into the arena the next day. So they're going to have to pretty much play football, go to practice and go home. That has to be Mm -hmm. the whole season. They can't do it. And I don't see a problem with that. I don't, you know what, like, I don't see a problem with that. I don't understand these guys like, yo, you're making millions of dollars. You're telling me for three or four months, you can't wait to go out to a club. Or go out yeah. and have fun or whatever. Come on, man! Mm-hmm. You're making all these all this money. You know what I'm saying? You you're playing a sport. You know what I'm saying for a living. It's like, yo, you can't control yourself and be like, yeah, you know what? I'm not gonna go out for three to four months of the season. You know, you can you can you know help your team get to the Super Bowl or get into the playoffs. Do it was just yeah. three or four months. It's like then then you could do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But why do yeah. this during the season and put yourself in jeopardy of losing money or even? You know, worse. You know, losing yeah, your health, catching a virus. Yeah, or catching mm-hmm. a virus, and then you know, just like something like uh, with Lou Williams, man. He goes and he goes to some wherever to get his chicken wings, and now he got a quarantine. <laughs> and his, you know, it's, and then he, he cost his team against the Lakers. He, they didn't have him. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. you can't just you just got to be smarter. And one thing people and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people know this, but the players that do opt out get a stipend. I think if you're a high risk player, like you have an underlying, you know, like underlying condition already, you get three hundred fifty thousand dollars when you if you opt out. And I think Uh-oh. if you if you're just a regular player that doesn't if there's not high risk, you get one hundred and fifty thousand, which man, is, come on, y'all I, can sit at home for that much. Come on, man. And, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, so my whole thing is, look, I know $150,000 may not be a lot to an NFL player. Um, yeah. $350,000 is a good amount of money. But, yeah, I'm assuming it's on top of the money they should already have, especially if it's better. Yeah, you know? So sitting out a year and, and just playing it safe, especially for people that have young children at the house, like, why risk that? You know, so right, right. Um, do I think the NFL season's worth playing? Under the under the particular current circumstances, I don't know. I don't know if they have a legit plan in place. I don't see how players don't get sick. I just don't see how it's gonna yeah, happen. Same here. I, I just don't see how it can happen. But me being greedy, I do want to see my team play. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> now speaking speaking of that, speaking of that, real quick, it, let's say the season um, as of right now, the season's a go. Like it's gonna start, you know, mid September as it usually does. It, real quick, Eric, what are your expectations for the Dolphins? Are you expecting what, what kind of season, look, realistically? Because one thing I like about you, I'm, a, I'm Dolphins, being every time yeah. I talk about my team, I'm being a 100. You are, and I was of how I feel. I was say that you're always just like real I tell people team. every every yeah. Sunday, man. I don't care who we playing. I I believe we're gonna win the game until it's over. I don't care who we playing. <laughs> but for, well, I don't care. I literally don't. Well, what I we plan, that, oh, Eric, but I need, I need the realistic take right now. What are realistically we like? Look, coming from last season, starting off last season when we started off getting destroyed by the Ravens, I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god, we, the players wanted to quit, and you know what? It was time for a change. And Brian Flores came in there and he said, "If y'all don't want to be here, get out of here," and he traded. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. Hey, good looking and, out, by the way. I, I know. I'm like, yeah, he wasn't doing that for us, and he got there still the first two games. He can intercept the returns. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it must really be some bad juju in Miami because every player we trade, they become great. 
And yeah. he's like, Wes Welker, we had him. And we traded him, and he came great. I'm like, damn. The Dolphins, <laughs> oh, Jay Ajayi emerges as a good running back. They trade him. I'm just like, he wins the Super Bowl the next year. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, think, think, <laughs> think of Fitzpatrick was awesome for the Steelers, yo. That Dude. was awesome. So, yeah, I can tell at the end of the season that the team was playing hard, man. And I, I'm like, okay, I'll it's a quarterback and some uh, another cornerback and a, a couple linebackers and some linemen. And, and we had, I don't know, we had so many picks in the first in a draft. I think we covered everything. And I believe Ryan Fitzpatrick will start the season. And until he goes bad and lose two or three games in a row. Which I is going to happen. Yes. Happen. He's like he he's like known for doing that every team he's at. No. I be, last year, Ryan Fitzpatrick, man, it wasn't him. It was just our team overall. It was just a, a, a bad team game overall last year, the whole season until like the last five games. So do you think Tua starts this season at, all, at any point? I believe – man, it's hard for me to say because if he's 100% healthy – then I believe at some point he will end up getting in there if Fitzpatrick yeah. start having, like, going down. You know what I mean? If the team's not doing good with Fitzpatrick. But Fitzpatrick has the team playing very hard. They play hard for him and Brian, yeah. Brian Flores. And I believe I believe we can go 10-6. and six. I honestly believe that. Oh, with wow. Tom, okay. With Tom Brady gone. <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady gone. Celebrating. <laughs> Tom Brady gone. Man, uh, Tom Brady gone. The division is ours. I'll, I'll hear people talk about Buffalo, this and that. Uh, we better than them. We're better than Buffalo. <laughs> we're better than the Jets. And we're better than uh, the Patriots. Now, also, you go. Wait, bro, you I love the fandom. Win the I love it. E. I are love you the gonna? Get, are you gonna win the East? Oh, that's what I'm saying. The East is ours. But I, I was, I was, I was a hundred percent sure until I, I read on Sports Center bottom line: Patriots signed Cam Newton. I'm like, oh my god. I'm just like, why? Why? Right when I was getting. I was happy, <laughs> and then I read on the bottom line, Patriots signed Cam Newton. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, why? <laughs> He's like, well, just why? Do we have Lost a chance him. here? And, and speaking of that, man, I, I think Cam Newton, man, is going to come back with a hell of a season this year. All, everybody, everybody down him. Everybody down him. Cam still has it. Yeah, Cam I agree with you. I it, agree man. with you. Everybody's and, and down him. And he's getting coached by Belichick, man. That's the we thing. Watch he's got McDaniel's and Belichick, and he's oh yeah, he God. like you said, he has something to prove. I yeah, think he's that, super yeah. motivated. Super but my motivated. whole thing with the Patriots is, do they have the skill position players there? Because I'm nobody's really scared. I mean, Edelman's exactly. your number one. Exactly. I mean, still, Nikhil Harry, he's young. Yeah. We'll see what he can do, but I don't know if they have the skill. I mean, because dude, they were struggling on offense certain parts of the year with Brady in there. So yeah, I don't know. And I don't that, think they that, and that's why I believe the Dolphins can win a division because the, yeah, they have Cam Newton, but. You know, they skilled players ain't there. And and Tom Brady was great. And he made non-skilled players be great. You know what I mean? We're, we're putting, that this is, this is on air now, man. So we're going to come back to this if y'all go like 3-13. and 13. <laughs> Oh, man. Three and th- oh, man. Come on, God. 3-13? and 13? <laughs> No, I do like Brian Flores a lot. Man. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. And do. He's a, he comes from the Patriots. So, you know, I got, I got a lot of faith in him. I haven't had too much faith in a lot of Dolphins coaches. In the past, yeah, a lot of them been bad. Did. Cam was it Cam Cameron or uh, Cam Cameron sucked. The only one I really had respect for was uh Tony Sperano. All right, Tony Sperano, that's right. Yeah, Dave yeah. Wanstead. I, I liked him at one point. He was a good Wanstead. I, I liked <laughs> him. I liked Wanstead. People didn't like him, but I liked him. 
Philbin, he was horrible. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Horrible. <laughs> and uh, Adam Gase. Awful. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. He wasn't good. You know what? Adam Gase, it just – I don't know. I just don't think the players was motivated to play for him, but he was okay. He took him to the playoffs, you know. Yeah, he took us I'm to the playoffs. I'm not a guy at all. That's he's not. He's not, not very good. Like you said, Eric, the players don't really seem to like him. Yeah, it's the, even with the Jets, he's like, man. So yeah. he seems That's like a kind of weird dude. Yeah, but I'm very excited for if there's a season. I'm very excited for the Dolphins. Yeah, and and uh, all Darren. fans nation out there. <laughs> like there's like there's like ten of y'all. You, yeah, you know what? They they have a um a dolphin fan bar. They have a dolphin fan bar in um Rancho Cucamonga, and I've been going there for the past like year and a half, two years. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. you're a loyal fan, man. If y'all ever win a Super Bowl, I'm gonna be real happy for you, dog. Like, wow, the Dolphins won a Super Bowl. Man, we won a Super Bowl, man. Now, now, D, I know we're, we're going to talk NFL in, in, in later shows. We'll have like a preview show. But just really, really quick, um, what, are, what are your quick expectations for the Cowboys? Like, are you expecting a division, a division title, a playoff run? What do you think? I mean, I, I believe we can win the division. Will we win the division? I, I mean, I, as a, as, I'm trying to be realistic. Um, I think we can. I, I think it's going to be tough. It, pretty much between us and the Eagles. Um, as it has. What about the last... Washington football team? Oh my god! <laughs> I just, I just wanted an excuse to say that it's so <laughs> Nah, but I think, I think, like, yeah, for the last two, three seasons, it's been really between us and the Eagles. So, yeah, I think we can, I think we can definitely make the playoffs. Like, I, yeah, I, sure. I, de- I definitely think we'll be a wild card team. You know what I mean? As far as winning the division, I think we can. Yeah. Will we? Like, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think it's going to be tough with you know battling the Eagles. You know, we could possibly split with them, but the Eagles are, you know, they're they're a good football team. They're good. You know, they have a good quarterback. They're they're well coached. Um they gotta get a lot think of the Cowboys are more talented. Yeah, they are. They are, they are like talented. I mean, the, but... the Eagles, the Eagles have, you know what I mean? They've won a you know, they have a Super Bowl winning coach who's you know, obviously just won a Super Bowl two, three years ago. So, you know what I mean? It's like um I just think like, you know, it's it's you know, with them it's that it's that robbery, so it's always gonna be tough to like beat them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to like I can't just go in there and be like, yeah, we're gonna sweep the Eagles and do all that, but yeah, I think we'll definitely make the playoffs. Um, yeah. You know, I I, I like I, I love the change at head coach. Thank God. I mean, we should have got rid of Garrett like five years ago. So yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy with Mike. I'm happy with Mike McCarthy. You know, Super Bowl winning coach. He coached uh, Aaron Rodgers, and I think he can you know really do wonders for Dak. Um, and I think we have the offense. I mean, everything's in place. I mean, the receivers, the O line, still there. Um, the the one thing I'm, I'm I guess I'm still concerned with is that been concerned with for years is our defense. Um, and y'all just gave us Byron Jones. So exactly. You. So, you know, I'm still concerned with the secondary and that's pretty much my main concern with the, with the Cowboys. And it has been for like years is with the secondary. Cause I think our front four, I love our linebackers with Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith and Sean Lee's coming back with that veteran presence for one more year. Oh, so God, I think Sean Lee, come on, man. What, what about him? What, what's, <laughs> he gets hurt every year. He's always hurt. Yeah, I know, every single I know, year but, he just hurt. But the thing is, when he plays, though, when he does play, I mean, he balls out. And, you know, he gives it, like, total max effort. So, I mean, look, he's he's only signed for one more year. I don't even know if he's going to start. He might just come in, like, in certain packages anyway. Um, I mean, the, 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 the key two are Van Esch and Jalen Smith anyway. But, yeah, like, so I'm, I'm pretty, like, you know, 
as far as like I'm pretty you know confident in the front four and the linebackers. It's really just the secondary I'm concerned with. I don't know how it's going to look. I mean, I know I know it's a lot of new people that are going to be starting back there because obviously, right? We get we gave up Byron Jones. I know yeah. we we signed Quas boy Clinton Haha Dix, you know, back there. <laughs> my boy. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll see. I mean, look, like I said, it, I'm trying to be realistic. I think we'll make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think so. I think. That's yeah, very, I think we'll make like the playoffs. The, the, the Cowboys okay. have enough talent to get to the Super Bowl, but will they? I don't know. But they no, have, I don't know about I don't, that. Yeah, I don't I know if they're going to. The, the, the yeah. NFC is is pretty stacked now, especially with Tom Brady coming over there, man. It's gonna be right. Fun. Yeah, it's going to be hard for anybody to get to the Super Bowl because Tampa Bay is stacked. Yeah, Tampa Bay is going to be a good team. But, yeah, I think the Cowboys have the talent to get there. Will they? I don't know. But a playoff, they, they should be a playoff team. Yeah, I, I think they should be a playoff team at least. 100%. Yeah. Now, the Steelers, I don't I don't know because, I mean, is what's Ben going to look like? It really is going to come down to Ben. Is he going to be healthy enough to play 14 to 16 games? If he is – you guys know the Steelers, man. They're always going to be competitive. They're never a bad team. They're either going to be just okay or pretty good. So the defense has a lot of really good players. TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Minka. There's a lot of good players in that D. Um, what's Ben going to do? What's Juju going to do? Because I had questions about yeah. Juju being a number one receiver before last season, and he didn't really prove yeah. he's a number one last, you know. Last yeah, I was kind of disappointed by Juju because I really thought he would be. I thought he would take that number one spot and shine. Yeah, now you know our, I mean? our quarterback he... situation was absolutely trash. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, we'll see it, and and I have my doubts about James Conner staying healthy when he when he when he's in there, he can look pretty good, but he always gets hurt. So. Um, I have my questions. I think a lot of people are, I mean, I would say 99% of people out there say the Ravens are going to win the division, which is a, a pretty accurate assessment. But, um, you know, I'm Gabriel would, Gabriel would tell you the Bengals, but man, he's, uh, he's he is high Bengals. on Joe Every Burrow, man. You Bengals. should hear this dude talking about Joe Burrow, man. I'm, <laughs> God. Yeah, he's the most delusional fan in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Every year the Bengals are going to be nice. I'm like, man, I'm tired of the Steelers beating the Bengals' ass. Every, yeah. year. Every time uh, they play me, Ken, Dominic, we always think like, oh, y'all about to play. Y'all playing y'all playing y'all big brothers today. Y'all know what happened when y'all play. <laughs> We own them dudes. Ever since yeah, I used to own them. game, we own this. Yeah, but Quab, I think you guys should be at least a wild card team. You know what I mean? I, I think, think so. so. Yeah, I mean, look, the Ravens, oh, I, I agree oh. with most people. I think the Ravens will win the division, you know, because, I mean, they, they, I mean, this squad, is, they're pretty much bringing back everybody they had last year. They didn't really lose anybody. So, um, yeah, and, yeah. and they motivated as ever. Ravens right, exactly. So I think you know what I'm saying. I mean, it was, when all it was all said and done, I think the Steelers can at least be a wild card team. I mean, will they? Obviously, yeah. We got to see what happens. But I don't know. It's all depend on Ben. It's all depend on Roethlisberger, man. Right. Because, I you know, agree. With the last yeah. couple seasons, he been hurt, and it just hasn't been good for him. He he got maybe like a couple more years, and, and it's over for him. And another question I want to ask you, Quap. <laughs> Thanks, Quap. <laughs> another question I want to ask you, like. Do you think it's a time a, a, a time for uh, Mike Tomlin to leave Pittsburgh? I know they always competing, and I know they always in a yeah. mix, but it just seems like like it's t- a time for a change for him. You know, kind of like uh, yeah, what was the name Marvin Lewis for the Bengals, something like that. You know. Yeah, and look, I'm always a I'm always a fan of a new voice in the room, and and you said and he's been there pretty much you know 15 years yeah. now. They've never had a losing season. Um, you know, they're, they're usually in contention. 
there have been a lot of disappointing years, though. Yeah. I mean, how have you not been to a Super Bowl? I understand the roadblock that, that the Patriots were. But the thing that people don't the, – the, the reason I don't buy that excuse with the Patriots is because they've only lost to the Patriots once in the playoffs in the last nine years. Yeah. It's not like they kept losing to them. No, they, they lost to Blake Bortles. They lost to oh Tim Tebow. God. Like, they, they, they lost way too many games they shouldn't have lost. How do you lose to a, a, a Jacksonville team in Pittsburgh – uh, you lose to a Florida team in Pittsburgh in 10 degrees with Blake Bortles. How yeah. do you lose that game? When you have Le'Veon Bell, A.B., yeah. like th- there's just been too many disappointing losses. So um, I think I-, I think the next season or two is going to be big for him because they haven't renewed his contract yet. So at, at, if they're bad this year, um, especially if Roethlisberger can stay healthy, yeah. I think they're really going to consider just kind of moving in different directions in, in 2021. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. But we'll definitely talk a little more NFL season in in, uh, in a couple of more episodes. But uh, I want to get to the next topic. Obviously, you guys, the NBA's back as we've touched on a little bit. And it, it's exciting. And I'm actually really impressed with the layout of um, it, it. It still has I'm like, I'm not watching the NBA and saying like, man, this is weird. Like, I'm actually watching it like, oh, wow, I can get yeah. into this. Like, the lack of a crowd isn't as 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 bad as I thought it yeah. would be for the NBA. And then um, having the a virtual NBA, people there kind of helps, too. And then yeah, they kind of yeah. like simulating uh, game sound, so it's like okay, there's a little bit of exactly. And if yeah, you that's look, true. right. They, if you look at how they've designed the court, it, it it's not like it's showing a bunch of empty seats. Like it doesn't look yeah. vacant, you know. So I think it's actually looked pretty good. Um, my question is, if it, you know, will the champion this year have an asterisk in your guys' opinion? Because you got to think about it. Is seating really a thing now, especially if you don't have like a home crowd? Like, like home, home court advantage means nothing anymore. It's kind of yeah. like an even playing field. So, would you guys, field. yeah, would you guys say that that's hard, that that's it's going to be more impressive if a team wins in these conditions, or it's not the same because they don't have the real advantage? You can start on this one. You know what? It's funny because, yeah, when you when we were going through the rundown, I saw that question. It's funny, I, I kept going back and forth. I kept saying, yeah, maybe an asterisk, maybe not. But then the more I think about it, I think. You may have to put an asterisk because just the point you guys brought up, like with not being home home court, I think that whole thing of traveling and going to somebody else's building and that crowd, that real crowd noise and that real home, you know, you're traveling and that real home court advantage gives that team an advantage. You know what I mean? I just think when you're in one central spot, it's kind of like I don't want to compare it like to the NCAA tournament because obviously they're, they're going to be playing. It's not going to be a one and done situation, but. You know they're playing; they're still playing. You know a, a best of seven series, but I just think when it's in one central location, it's hard to be like, oh yeah, they're the real chance because we. It's kind of like you always kind of going to say to yourself, okay, well, what if they would have went to L.A. or what if they would have went to Milwaukee? And you know what I mean? So it, it's hard because I mean, like you guys were saying, like, yeah, it doesn't look bad, but to me, when I watch it, it still looks kind of pickup gameish. You know what I mean? Like. It, it hasn't been a lot of defense been played. They just going up and down. I mean, I think the the Rockets and the and the Mavs combined for like a, a record points. I think the other day. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. So they just yeah. they just going up and down the court. And I mean, it, don't get me wrong. They're not to say it's still not exciting, but I just think it, at the end of the day, it's like you know, it, like I said, when you're in one central air or central place, it's hard to say like, oh, okay, those people are the legit champs. Because well, D, right. D, D, can't you kind of compare it to like the NCAA tournament though, where yeah, hey, it's, it's a neutral, like it's a neutral. No, because location. I think with the NCAA, because it's different. Because again, it's a one and done situation. We're here. Okay, they're going to be playing a series still. Because from what I've heard, I don't think they're going to do one and done. It's going to be like you know the regular playoffs, like a best of seven 
So yeah. think about it. Like, they're in one place, and let's say, uh, you know, I'm just going to give an example. Like, it's the Lakers and the Clippers. So they're in one place, you know. Each I know with them, it's a little different because, like, they both play in L.A., so the, the home crowd thing is not really a big deal. But let's just say, for instance, it's, it's the Bucks and the Lakers in the finals. So they're not really getting that whole experience of, like, yeah, the Bucks going to L.A. or the L.A. going to the Milwaukee. You're not feeling that that travel and that, like, oh, yeah, we got to go in these guys' building and win a game. They're in one central location. So, and, and let me just say this. I think it's even going to be more of an asterisk, especially if somebody wins that we don't expect to win. Like, for instance, let's say, I mean, the favorites are really, like, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks. So let's say somebody like Memphis wins the title. Are people really going to be like, damn, like, yeah, yo, Memphis, they really did that. They're going to be like, nah, it's an asterisk. Like, they only did that because they went one lo- central location. Because that's why I really believe, like, if, if, it, if none of the favorites really win it and there's somebody, like, unexpected that wins the title, yeah, there's going to be an asterisk. Trust me. I don't See, think anybody... And, and, and one thing, quick thing before I let you go, Eric. See, all the points you made, I think it argues for there not being an asterisk. So yeah. if, if Memphis <laughs> wins a title... If if they can beat the Lakers and the let's say the Bucks in the finals in a seven game, they're just proving they're the better team. I don't care what yeah. kind of home fit, what home court advantage you have. If so you, you, don't, you don't think travel or like traveling to somebody else's place plays plays a part? Well, I don't see how playing at a neutral location should be a disadvantage for either team. Like it's it's an even. It's like the Super Bowl. Like it's an, a neutral location. The best teams, the better team, tip usually is going to win, and especially in a series, it's it's going to be hard for the for the like I don't understand how the you know like if the if Memphis beats the Lakers in in seven games, I'm not going to be like well they wouldn't have beat them if the Lakers had a home crowd. I'm going to say well they beat them and they had seven opportunity you know they had all these opportunities to prove that they were the better team and they couldn't do it. So yeah, Memphis probably just. You know, just luck of the draw. Like they just had a better series. Yeah, see, I don't believe that. I just believe I think I think you guys are not taking into account the whole travel. Like going to somebody else. Like first of all, look when when we watch the NBA playoffs or the finals, going and winning a game, especially a playoff game or a finals game in somebody else's building, is like I don't. I think you really guys really realize how hard that is. It is hard. You know I, I, I so it's not like yeah, something we, where we, you're yeah, like, oh, okay, yeah. but they were in a, a neutral location. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's the better team. No, like. If the Lakers had home field advantage, home court advantage against the Bucks or the, the the Grizzlies or you know some other team besides the, the Clippers, that's a big deal. Like you have to go to LA and beat LeBron and AD in their building. Like beating them in a neutral location, I'm not going to give you that that much props for doing that. It's harder to do it in their, in some in their building with a real crowd with their crowd rooting for them. Everything's against you. You know what I mean? Like. Granted, I understand they have the virtual crowd, but it's not the same. And I understand what, yeah. e, what E said. You know, you're pumping, you know, crowd noise into the building. Okay, cool. But it's not the same thing, and you guys know it. Yeah. It's not the it's not the same feeling. No. You, but you 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 don't, I don't get know, that I don't when, know, when I mean, the real crowd is there. You get a, a adrenaline rush, like a real adrenaline rush. Absolutely, like, you know, I understand right. exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, like for instance, like me and Quab have both been to playoff games. We both worked playoff games. You, 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 you. you me and you, Quad, you know, like the atmosphere in there for a playoff game or a finals game is totally different from when you like in a, you know, I mean, I understand they're in a neutral spot, but dude, it's like the, like, like what you said, either adrenaline, like the, the, I can't even describe the feeling. It's just a different type of feeling when you're in a, somebody else's building and you have to win. Like a game seven when like LeBron had to <clears throat> beat Golden State in their building 
You know what I'm saying? To win a championship, it's a, it's just a different feeling. But D, See, would you, you said you said that you would say this if a team out of nowhere wins it. What if a team that's expect like if one of the favorites wins it? What if the Lakers? Yeah, win it? The yeah. Bucks? Then maybe maybe not because then I agree with you, then Quab, that the like you you said the better team wins. Because I'm sorry, I don't think like if Memphis beats the Lakers in a seven game series, no, I'm not gonna agree with you that they were the better team. No, that would be an upset. That would be disappointing if the Lakers lost to well, Memphis. Upset, but upsets or, happen. Upsets happen in real life, though. I understand that, but yeah, but but rarely. Well, first of well, rarely in the NBA in a seven-game series, like you, I can count the number of times on my hand that's probably happened in a seven-game series. Right now, right. the NCAA one and done, of course, of course, we you know me, you always talk about when you like, damn, St. Joseph's just beat Duke. Like that's a random thing because it's just one game. You know what I'm saying? And then, and that's a neutral location. I get that because it's just one game. One game, anybody can be. You know, any given day, anybody can be anybody. But mm-hmm. when you talk about yeah. a series, most of the time, the better team wins it was supposed to win so like if, if the grizzlies or the blazers or you know um this you know the, the suns got into it and beat the lakers i'm like yeah no that like nah that shouldn't happen like what, do you, what, like do, what regular... do you think about eric what do you think about this go ahead um at first i was like you know what this probably has to be an asterisk but the more i think about it, it's like no because they already played the season. They know the season, and we know what is is was is supposed to happen. You know, and everybody think the Lakers or Clippers or Bucks will win. But say like a team like my Miami Heat, which I I think we got a good shot to come out the East. Oh, People here, here, we, here about, we go. Hey, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, man, our team is good enough to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Right, man. We right, can right. beat the Bucks. We've already beaten them three times. Okay. But having it on a neutral site. Both teams have to deal with it. I understand what you're saying, Darren, with the travel and everything, going to a, a hostile environment. That definitely plays an effect in games. But it's like Quab said, it's like the NCAA tournament. You play on a neutral site, the best team wins. If a low team like the Grizzlies somehow beat the Lakers in a seven-game series, you're going to tell me they don't deserve to be the be called champions without an asterisk on their name just because they're playing at a neutral site? I think so. I just think E. I just think when it comes down to, like I said, I'm and I'm gonna reiterate, like when, you, like you said, going to the, for the travel, going into a hostile environment. That I think you guys are not realizing how big of a factor that plays. Well, of course when we it, are. Of course, yeah. We are. yeah. It, but it plays a huge factor, especially in these playoff or finals games. Like it's huge. Like I mean, dude. Like I, I'll take it back to when Jordan went and when he like. One of the most remarkable things that you know, I've been ever since everybody, everybody knows I'm a Michael Jordan fan. But one of the most remarkable things I remember Jordan ever doing is beating the Phoenix Suns for that third championship three times in Phoenix. Dude, he went, he, dog, he he went to Phoenix three times in their building and beat them like that. I mean, that's insane. That's remarkable. Like if you if you were to tell me anybody else can do that, I mean, who else has been able to go and do that? Like go into somebody else's building three times in a series and win. Like that's almost like that's impossible. So I think like like when when you think about like I said again the home court, the travel, going like you know what I'm saying going into a hostile environment, it just plays a huge factor to me than when you're at a neutral, you know, a neutral um, kind of playing field. And again, I understand they have like the virtual fans and they're pumping crowd noise, but it's not the same. But I mean, there's yeah. nobody there. But it's like yeah. if you're a champion, you're a champion. You should be able to play on a neutral site. At home, away, it shouldn't matter. Like it really shouldn't I will say one thing. One thing we also have to understand, like, yo, these guys are professionals. So I, I remember, um, you know, you see a lot of the old school footage of like the dream team and those intense battles, like Magic and and, and yeah. Jordan and all those guys would have in just 
they're just practicing. Like, remember how intense those scrimmages would be? Yeah. Back yeah. The day? yeah. Like, yo, they like these are professional players. Like, I don't think LeBron and and Kawhi like they don't care about the crowd. Like, they're they're there to ball. And I think the the they're not going to need this extra motivation that a, that a home crowd would give them in order to get the job done. So what I'm yeah. saying is, I don't think it's going to take away the intensity. And I think ultimately the better team will win the series as we usually see in the NBA. I don't think that's necessarily going to change because of the location. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, yeah. I mean, obviously to each his own. Like I said, I just feel like it just the traveling and like I said, the home crowd playing in the hospital, but it just plays a big factor. And I'm, yeah. and I'm going off personal experience as a fan and as working it. I, I've been in the, I've been around that situation when yeah. somebody has to go into somebody else's building and win a, win a playoff game or win a finals game. I've, I've been around it. And I just, it's a different feeling. And I get that what you guys are saying that they're professionals and right. It shouldn't matter where, where they are. Right. And they're, they're just there for ball, but that crowd and, and you hear athletes say it all the time. You've heard in, in these playoff ma- when, in the past in these playoff matchups where, you know, players say, man, you know, we're going to have to, we'll have the crowd behind us. We're at home. The fans are behind us. They, they, they give them an extra motivation. You may think yeah. it's not that, that it's not that big of a deal, but those those fans give those players those extra motivation. Then Darian, then then you're gonna are you gonna apply the same me- uh, 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 thought method into the NFL because they're probably not gonna have fans either. So there's really yeah, no I agree with you. No, I am, I am. Yeah. I, so I, you're I saying understand. you're saying that the the Super Bowl champion this year could have an asterisk as well. I don't want to say. And they well, always play on neutral sides for the Super Bowl. Oh, like the, the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. No, the Super Bowl is different. Yeah, I'm not gonna put an asterisk for that. But I think like. It's going to be weird when, like, okay, like, right, if we play the Eagles in, in Philly and they don't have their fans and it's just like, oh, yeah, if we win a, if we win there, it's not going to be the same because, I mean, like, again, the crowd and the fans, the fans are there for a reason. It's not like yeah. if, if that was the case, you know, no sports, no, nothing, they would have no fans if it didn't matter. It does matter. So that's what I'm saying. I just think, like, it, like if, yeah, if we go into Philly and let's say we beat Philly and they don't have their crowd – yeah, am I gonna be happy they won? Of course, I'll be happy they won. But it's not like the same feeling you get. Like, damn, we shut the we shut their fans up. They're they're roaring again in a hostile environment. It's not the same. It's just not the same. If anything, if if anything, it could help certain home teams if they're not getting heckled and not getting booed. Yeah. Can't you use that too? Can't you yes, say that as that's well? That's true. You talking, talking about for the road team? The road especially team. Especially no, especially Philly. Philly will boo their own team if they're not playing well. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Well, a lot of teams. Though, I'm not just shouting, you know, disrespecting Philly. Like a lot of uh, teams will do that to their own team. Like the Steelers will get booed if they're not playing well. So if anything, that could take a lot of pressure off of the home team. Like if they're not performing well, they're like, well, we're not getting booed or getting heckled right now. You know, so you could look at it like that too. Yeah, I just, I mean, like, I agree with you on there, but I think also it, for the road team, it gives them a lot of unadded pressure because you're not really in a hostile environment anymore. You're like you said, you're kind of on a, I mean, yeah, you're in their stadium, but you're not, you're kind of in a neutral spot. Like you, it's almost like they're practicing. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we're having a scrimmage and yeah, we're just going to play and see who wins. So I just yeah. think it, it takes a lot of pressure off the road team. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like when, when a crowd is there and you're there for a meaningful game, whether it's a playoff game or like to get into the playoffs or whatever, it's just, it's just a different feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a different feeling. I got you. I got you. So while we're on the topic of NBA, just real quick, since we're, we're going a little long today, but we're having a good combo. <laughs> so yeah, man, obviously we all, we, we all, love, we all love the NBA and since it's back and the playoffs aren't too far away, I want you to, I want you guys to quickly give me, some of your favorite NBA moments. Now you can name one from your favorite teams. Or you can just name one in general. Maybe give me one of each. Derry, uh, Eric, I'll start with you on this. Actually, my favorite. I, okay, I got two. Um, let me see. 
one of my favorite moments all time in basketball is when Scottie Pippen dunked on Patrick Ewing. I believe it was the I believe it was the Eastern Conference Finals, like '94 yeah. or something like that. When uh, awesome. uh Scottie Pippen awesome. dunked on Patrick Ewing and pushed him to the floor, and then he went over and, and talked smack to uh Spike Lee on the sideline. That's one of my favorite moments ever in basketball. <laughs> yeah, that's, awesome. <laughs> that's great. That's great. <laughs> and, uh, what, about, what about from the Heat? My favorite, my favorite, one of my favorite Heat moments is when Ray Allen hit the shot in Game Six against oh, the Spurs. Because yeah. that series, my, is, that, if he misses that shot, that game's that series is over. The series is over. But my most rememberable Heat moment was the first game LeBron went back to Cleveland in that oh environment. yeah yeah that was one of the craziest things I ever seen in sports, dude. Like it was crazy how much hate they was giving LeBron in that game. Like the booing and all the bad mouthing they was doing to LeBron. I'll never forget that. I'll, Duh, never, I'll forget never forget that. that. Yeah, so, yeah, that, yeah those are great. Those are great memorable. See, <laughs> I, what I love about those moments is I, you don't have to be a fan of those teams to remember those iconic, yeah. moments, which is really cool. But D, I'm actually really curious to hear what yours are from your team and just a random moment. Oh man, I would say okay. Let me start. With, start with my t- well i've really never had a team since you know being a bulls fan you know obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody knows i'm an mj fan um but you know i'm and obviously people that know me i'm a, I'm a big mellow guy so um obviously my favorite moment you know I'll, I'll give you two so obviously you know mj hitting the last shot against utah i yeah, mean I, I think that's a lot of people's favorite even i mean that might be one of the all-time that's like oh a yeah even if you're not a fan of mj moment. or yeah. the bulls i just think that's it's just it, i mean it's just an iconic shot um, you know, I have it, I have it like as one of my wall posters, I think on, on Twitter, one of my, one of my social media things. Um, but I also want to get it like this picture, like it's framed in like in my house. So uh, that's how, that's how much I love that, that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, then a non moment, like, obviously it's funny because Melo's tenure with the Knicks was, is very up and down. It's, it's been, it's been an interest. It was an interesting tenure that he had with the Knicks, but the, I think it was one of his. Uh, it was either his second or third to la- last year with the Knicks. Um, they were they were they were bad, by the way. Um, yeah. But <laughs> one of the bright spots of that season was when he dropped sixty two at the Garden, which I think is still oh, a record. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think it was against the, against the Charlotte Bobcats. I remember just watching that game. And it's funny. I remember your brother texting me, Questy. Questy texted me, and he's like, "Yo, are you watching this? Are you seeing this?" And I'm like. Yeah, like I, I was, I was just shocked because we were bad. You know, the Knicks were bad that whole year, and it was just like, yo, it, it kind of came out of nowhere, you know. So I would say, yeah, that's definitely uh, another moment. And then one more, I'll give. Um, it's funny now, I'm even saying saying this because as much as Quab knows, I hate the Lakers. I would have to say Kobe dropping eighty one. Um, Woo! That, that, yes. That's up yeah. there for me too. But and D, and D, you don't even have to. Dean has nothing to yeah. do with hating the Lakers. Like, it doesn't oh, matter yeah, what your yeah, fandom yeah. is. But, I mean, dude, I remember you know we, we went college, and you yeah. know, obviously Nevada gets the Laker games because they, they're so close to Cali. And I remember watching the game, and I remember the Lakers were losing, and I was like, oh man, they, they, you know, they're gonna lose. They're gonna get waxed. And yeah, Kobe just started going off. And at first, I was like, oh wow, like yeah, he's kind of bringing them back. And I, I didn't think he would go for eighty one. I thought like maybe oh he'll probably have fifty or whatever. Dude, but when he got to like sixty something, I was like, "Yo, this is kind of different." Yeah, and he just started. It was I. I don't think I've ever seen a player in that type of zone like ever. And I'm talking about MJ, LeBron, some of the greats. I've never seen anything like that, like yeah. him scoring eighty one. It, it was just a different type of feeling and performance. I was just like, I, I, I could really couldn't believe what I was watching. I was like, "Dog, he's yeah, me neither." <laughs> he was when he was like at seventy something points. I'm like, "Dog, this dude is." 
He, I, I literally thought he can drop a hundred. I was like, no, he can probably drop a hundred points. Yeah, like no yeah. lie. <laughs> he was amazing. That was amazing. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. But that, yeah. that, that was, that was one of my moments. Um, one of the extra ones that I had. But I got two. I'm hoping you guys remember. I'm sure you guys do. So. One of the most iconic NBA plays ever, which, dog, I, I, the level of excitement I had when Kobe threw that lob to Shaq in game seven against the Blazers. Oh, well, and Shaq ran on the court like with his yeah. eyes all day. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my favorite moments, too. Uh, that, that's, and, and like you said, you don't even have to be a Laker fan to like, wow, that was such an amazing moment. And I don't know if you guys remember this one. Robert Ory hit a game winner against the Kings. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Is that the one they tapped the moment. shot back out? Yeah, when, when, when Chris, I think it was Vladi Divac. Yeah. He, he, he tried to volleyball the shot back out, to, which yes, wasn't sir. a bad play. He gets criticized for it a lot, but it wasn't a bad play. And Robert Ory, who I think we can all agree is one of the greatest clutch NBA players of all time. Oh, yeah. The guy's hit oh, so yeah. many. <laughs> so and many. He got, I think he got seven rings or something like right, that. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I, remember, I remember me and Hermes watching that together. And the Lakers were down 22 points to the Kings in that game. And, man, what the, the way me and him tackled each other when that play happened, we were so excited, dog. That's that, funny. That's another. But I have, I, I got a bonus moment. I don't know if this, I don't, I'm, I'd probably get criticized for calling this a favorite moment. But one moment, yo, the malice in the palace. Oh man, yeah. I'll never forget. I'll never forget that night. We went to Fridays. <laughs> we were watching it at Fridays, and like, what is going on right now? It didn't look that real. Was it didn't it look was just real at absolute all. madness. Yeah, that it looked great. real. I, I thought I will, it was a joke yeah. at first. Yeah, that's one of the most memorable moments ever. I will never forget just how bizarre it was seeing like Ron Artest was fighting and swearing up. He was firing up with fans, fans. Ron Artest. And then I remember Jermaine O'Neal coming over there and Steven Jackson. I'm just like, this dude's wild right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, no, nah, I had I had to bring that moment up, man, because I'll just never forget that night, D, and we're at Fridays, and everybody in the restaurant was looking at the TV like, yo, this is insane. Yeah, I, I remember. Like, why is Ron Artest running into the stands? Like, what is going yeah. on right now? <laughs> Yeah, and nah, I remember that, man. That yeah, that's actually it's funny because that's one of my top like when you look back at like college moments. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just like one of my college moments. I, I I'm like, yeah, I remember we had Fridays and the Malice in the Palace happened, and like yeah, because you, you know, the whole yo E when we was in there, the whole restaurant like gasped, like everybody was like, <laughs> like you would you would have thought it was like a movie or a TV show, like it was scripted, but it was like. Yeah, you look up, you like yo, is I this going into the stands? I was because I was blown away. I'm <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah no, so then there's so many more that I have, but obviously we can we can talk about NBA moments forever, man. So many iconic, legendary moments. Like even the like I know the Iverson crossover against MJ is a lot of people's favorite <laughs> moment. It was such a like it was a That's regular <laughs> regular season game. Because that that Allen Iverson crossing over uh Ty Tyron Lewin and then hitting a jumper in his Ooh, face and stepping, stepping over, over against yeah. the Lakers. That's that's, that's actually that's one of the too. greatest finals performances ever. Game yeah. one, of no, the, it really I, was. I mean, what, yeah, they had no points. chance against the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, they got they <laughs> lost four in a row after that. But, <laughs> yeah, they got right. destroyed after right. that. Even as a Laker fan, now, especially since they won the series, I, I, that's that's definitely a, another very memorable. You know, that walk over Lou was just was just vicious. Yeah, like oh my goodness. <laughs> so yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. So um, before we go, one more thing we want we want to we want we should. Here, so I don't know if you guys saw this, but recently Snoop Dogg, I believe it was in an interview with Charlemagne the God, was talking about how you know, um, Eminem, you know, obviously 
Dr. Dre discovered him and a lot of his success was because of Dr. Dre. And I think we can all agree uh, to that. But yeah. he also said that he doesn't think Eminem is a top 10 rapper slash lyricist of all time. And I guess a lot of people were like, whoa, I don't know about that, especially when it comes to the lyricist part. So my question to you guys, not necessarily, I'm not necessarily asking if you think Eminem is a top 10 rapper of all time. If you do, feel free to say so. But do you think Eminem is a top 10 lyricist of all time? Eric, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Top 10 lyricist? Definitely. Well, you know what? The old Eminem, the old Eminem was a top 10 lyricist. The new Eminem, man, I don't know. I just I just can't get into him no more. But the old Eminem before, I'd say after the Marshall Mathers LP. <laughs> That's a long time ago, though. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I agree with you, A. I, it's funny because exactly. I agree with you. That, that Eminem was, was top lyricist, rapper, whatever, but what he got going on now, I just can't get with it. But of all time, man, that's hard. That that's a hard one. Oh, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, and, and you know, <laughs> one, know, one thing about lyricists is I I don't really care what like your library is. Like you can have three albums out. Like yeah, if you're a dope lyricist. You're a dope yeah. lyricist. So, yeah. It, it's so tough to answer that question, and, and it's so interesting that so many people had thoughts on when Snoop said it, because a lot of people were like, oh, well, you're crazy. He's one of the, regardless of, you know, regardless of his skin color, he's one of the best lyricists to ever touch the mic. Yeah. And, so, and D, I know you're not a big Eminem fan. You've always respected his skills, but you're just not a fan, which is which is fine. But do, what do you think about him as far as his where he places all time as far as, you know, as, as a lyricist? I'm with, I'm with E on this one, because I think, I think, he he's arguably top 10 pre right like with the you know the mark like when he made Eminem uh what is it um what was what was his first album called Slim Shady LP uh, yeah Slim Shady yeah, LP Slim and the Marshall yeah. Mathers LP but after that I'm, I'm with E I couldn't really get into him you know yeah, what I'm saying I wasn't right. really a fan I just I, yeah. I really I've really never been a fan of his to be and yeah, you, you me I mean Quav you know me you know all these years like I've really never been big yeah on yeah him, that's but, what I was saying earlier yeah exactly. but I mean yeah he's arguably top 10 if you want to go off those two albums yes I agree with E but wait but a minute y'all but, but then after yeah. that I just yeah like I just couldn't get into him I wasn't really feeling him like that I'm just like yeah I'm good you know what yeah, I mean wait especially, wait especially now like, I'm just, like what is like like on. like Eminem's show was a good album. Uh, Recovery was a good album, which he he was bringing it lyrically. Even Recovery, the album, relapse, all that crap. No. I'm just uh, <laughs> no, no, don't call no, don't call Recovery crap. No, relapse. Recovery was actually good. I did like Relapse recovery. was god awful. God, I did re like Recovery relapse, though. Revival uh, recovery was, was dope. I I did like Recovery. Yeah, Revival was horrible. But Kamikaze, which came out in 2018, he was spitting on that album. Even his most uh, recent one, I don't know if a lot of people have listened to uh, music no, that's murdered by. Yeah, nah, people are like, people yeah. are like, nah, I don't listen to him no more. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, and, and you, have you guys heard? And I know for a fact uh, you've heard this uh, album, Eric, because you're a big. See, this, uh, well, once again, Eric's music taste—he loves some dope stuff too. Like Eric, you—you kind of put me on Royce the Five Nine, like in high school. That was your dude. He loved Royce the Five Nine. Now you've heard the uh, Hell the sequel, that Bad Meets Evil album with him and Eminem. Oh, we lost. Oh, oh Eric, Eric's back. Eric's back. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Okay, sorry. So I, I, I'll edit this part too. So I was gonna say, Eric. Um, you, one one thing I know about you. Uh, we, I know we we 
a lot. You love a lot of dope artists. You like a lot of whack stuff. <laughs> but <laughs> but you, you put me on some dope stuff, too, man. Like, you're one of the first people I know that was really into Royce the Five Nine. You love Royce the Five Nine. Have now, you heard- Royce the Five Nine is my favorite rapper to this day right now. And he's a top lyricist. Now before but I now before you, I get into it, did you dope, like man. did you like the album he had with Eminem? I think it was like called Hell the Sequel. Do you remember that album? Lot? Um, yeah, that one was okay, but that's just because I can't get into Eminem. Mm. But Royce the Five Nine man, he is on some god level stuff when with his bars, man. Yeah, and his, awesome. albums, his projects are amazing. I love the P rhymes, the P rhymes yeah, with him the, and the, DJ Premier. With, yeah, oh my god, them with DJ Premier, man, those albums yeah. are classic. Yeah, yeah, the P Rhyme Two was was so dope. It was one, yeah, that's yeah. one of my favorite like albums probably of that year. Yeah, the he just dropped his, his he dropped the allegory. That man is fire. Yeah, Dude, Royce, Royce is a top. Royce is Royce is that dude. Yeah, no, absolutely. We, I, me and Darren also. Man, we had yeah. we had an underrated, overrated show. I mean, I'm sure you remember that, uh, Eric, and we we put him as one of the most yeah. underrated rappers. But yeah. is is Eminem a top ten lyricist? I mean, guy, you gotta look at some of the dudes out there. I mean, it's even crazy, if you go old school, man, because Eminem came up with Royce the Five Nine, and Royce the Five Nine praises Eminem. Like, he oh yeah, I mean, Eminem. Eminem is one of the most influential rappers of all time. I don't care if people like him or not. Like, just the simple yeah. fact that it was a you know you don't and Snoop said it himself on that video. He's like, man, this is a, you know nobody was really giving respect to white guys trying to rap. Yeah, you know, had your vanilla ices in the nineties, like guys that were looked at as a joke. So yeah. when we finally got somebody like, oh man, this dude can actually spit, I was like, mm-hmm. wow, I'm impressed. So, do, does he have an argument to be a top ten lyricist of all time? Absolutely, I think Eminem does. You know, whether or not his albums are kind of silly yeah. or not great, he still he has the ability. Yes, he does oh, have yeah. ability he's still to spitting be on all of those albums. Whether the, 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 some of the production's terrible, some of the content is bad, as Darian yeah. will remind us, <laughs> the guy's <laughs> content. <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm gonna say yes. Uh, no, I'd probably put him at the back end. I have guys like Rockham, even old school guys like Big Daddy Kane. I'd put Andre yeah. 3000. I, there's a couple guys I'd put ahead of him. But would he make that to nine, ten spot? I, I, I yes. But before we go real funny, quick, man. yeah, before we go real quick, Darian, I'd love to hear just like maybe three or four of some of your all time favorite lyricists, regardless of of discography. Okay, so I got I got Big L in there, you know. Oh, that's um, another dude Eric likes. Another yeah, dude. I got Big L. In. I know Big L. Didn't, I know Big L didn't really have a long career because obviously, you know, he you know was murdered, and um, you know, just, our, just the one album they put out, the Big Picture, man, just that alone, you can tell like, damn, this dude would have been crazy. No, but you know what's funny? He, he actually has an album before that that nobody knows about. I forgot the name of it, but he, but my brother put me onto it. My older brother put me onto it. He has an album before that that's even like tougher. It, it's kind of oh, dated. Oh, it's, it, called, it came... uh, it's D. It's called uh, "Lifestyles of the Poor yeah. and Dangerous." Yo. Oh yeah, he's got some. He's got some yeah. dope tracks. On yo, that. E, you gotta listen to that album, like dog. You'll be like, yo, like yeah. he's he was like ahead of his time. Like he was spitting like stuff that like dudes now you're like you know yeah. that, that most people are impressed with now. He was doing that back then, like in the early nineties. Like you know what I'm saying? Listen, yeah, somebody, yeah. If somebody said to me right now, I think Big L is the greatest lyricist of all time. I'm not gonna say they're crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I would not. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot. I don't care what anybody says. Any, he would, he would go see, and I'm confident he would win. Yeah, yeah, I agree. (laughs) I agree. And, and that's I agree. coming from all three of us, which is like right. Oh, okay. I agree. Another dude, I, another dude I have. I mean, obviously, it's funny that me and Quap always get teased about when we uh, talk about rap. Is Talib? I got Talib in there. Um, obviously, just being from Brooklyn, and 
you know, um, my brother known him personally. And, you know, I've always just been a fan, even regardless, just, you know, knowing him personally, like from Black Star to, you know, him and um, DJ High Tech, um, even his own personal stuff. So I, I have Talib in there, uh, of course, uh, yeah. is, one of, is one of my favorite lyricists. Uh, oh, you do too? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Talib. Um, and then, of course, you know, I mean, my other ones, I have, you know, guys that are known. I got who's obviously most people that know me know this is my favorite rapper, Common. Common's my favorite rapper till this day, so he's he's definitely in my top five as far as as far as lyricists. Right. And then um, you know, I gotta put, you know, I I got guys in there like Big, um, you know, of course. Um, and then, you know, it's funny, like I don't I might get criticized for this one, but I I mean I I really like this dude. And I know me and Quab get into it about, you know, his his kind of his placing in hip hop right now, because he I don't really think he's new anymore because he has like five albums out now, but I, I really, I really think Kendrick is a dope lyricist. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think Kendrick is up there, man. I, I love Kendrick. Um, you know, okay. Okay. yeah. So. I like Kendrick, but I wouldn't put him in my top five. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I don't know okay. if I'd have him in my top five. But Would yeah, you have him in the top ten? Would you have Kendrick in the top ten? Um, my top ten. He, man, it'll probably be a battle between him and Eminem. Mm, interesting. Interesting. If we're yeah. talking just lyrics, I do think they're skill set wise, they're very close. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But Eric, who do you got? Who are a couple of guys that, you know, and of course I know you, you for me, together, my but... top my top rappers right now, like I said, Royce the five nine. And Darren, you know who um, who I'm about to say next, man. But Conway the Machine and Benny the Butcher, man, are some oh, of the yeah, top lyricist rappers I've ever heard, man. And yeah, they they not dope. new. They might be new to like Getting popular now, but they've been doing this stuff for a long time, man. I'm not and they are too familiar with them. I gotta check that yeah. out. I'm not too familiar with their music. Man, oh, Griselda, are. yeah, you gotta listen to Griselda. Oh, yeah. Griselda, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm sorry, Griselda, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know uh, Alan put us on on a previous episode. Yeah, yeah. Griselda's going on. And then I might shock y'all with this one, man, but this next person that I'm about to say, man, is one of the top rappers, lyricists, songwriters I've ever heard. And she's a female Rhapsody. Oh, that's yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Darian yeah. loves that's Rhapsody. My, that's my girl, man. I love Rhapsody. Yeah. Pretty much. She the best in the game to me right now. The Bro, best female she in the game. She's killing all the rappers right now. Like, except for like Royce and a couple other dudes, man. Ain't nobody messing with Rhapsody. Yeah, I, I, you, know, I agree. you know what's going to happen, D? I think a lot of people are going to listen to this podcast and be like, yo, Eric got good music taste. Why y'all hate though? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that know. The Rhapsody, yeah, man, she's she's on my top. She's one of my top right now. That's dope. And obviously, dope. I got dudes like Styles P. He one of my favorites. See Styles P over like Jada Kiss though, as far as a lyricist, you think so? Over Jada, yeah, because I'm just a, I'm just more of a Styles P. I don't know. It's just something about him that grabbed me more than Jada. Even though Jada and the whole locks, they all spit, mm -hmm. but I'll, I'll give it to Styles P over that. Okay. Okay. See me, I'm I'm surprised neither of you guys mentioned Big Pun. He's he's actually one of my favorite lyricists of all time. Like Big Pun, like I feel like Big Pun. I haven't heard enough music of Big Pun. I just heard the one album that he had, and right right when he passed, that's the only thing I ever heard of Big Pun. So I can't really. Yeah, I think I, Pun him. probably has just as much music as Big L. I think they're very similar. Obviously, they both died really young. Um, had just a couple studio albums, but um, yeah. as far as just wordplay on the mic i would put him up against a lot of people and d i know obviously you're you're a fan of, of big pun as well 
Yeah, no, nah, I've always been a fan of Big Pun. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's funny because he's like one of my underrated lyricists. Like, I mean, I mm-hmm. and I could probably arguably put him in my top 10. But yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I think he, I, he would be in my top 10 for sure. Yeah, I've, I've arguably always been a fan of Big Pun. Yeah, but I'll say Big Pun, Big L. Uh, Rockham is still also an amazing lyricist. And he was doing it. He was before his time, even. I mean, he was spitting, you know, he was before the bigs and before the Nas's, before those like real lyricists were coming out. Like, oh man. So he's right, right. Yeah, he's definitely up there. Um, gosh, who's somebody else? I agree with Talib. Even Most Deaf is a great lyricist as well. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But... Black Thought. Oh, yeah, of course. Black How could I forget? Thought, That's man. one of my favorite all time rappers. Black Thought. It's just a lot of man. We could just keep saying and saying and saying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of good rappers out there, man. We can't lie, but the top, top, top. Yeah, man, it got to be Royce and a couple other the other dudes. Yeah, out there. you love Royce. That's your guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but before we get off, can I ask y'all a question? Like, man, I've been having this debate with uh, so many people. It's, it's starting to make me mad. Now, it's an NBA question, but I want to get y'all take on this. Absolutely. All right. Simple question. Is Kyrie Irving a Hall of Famer right now? If he were to if he were, were, were to hang it up today. If he was to hang it up today, is he a Hall of Famer right now? I, um, see, well, here's my thing. And D, D says this a lot, too. I don't think it's as hard to make the basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Like That's if, true. If, you, if not. you've made, like, five all-star teams and you've won some – I mean, he's a six-time all-star. He's yeah, got a twenty and an NBA point. champion. He's an NBA and a gold champion, medal. And, and, and he's not one of those NBA champions that was on the bench. Like he hit the biggest shot of that series in Game Seven, that three. Ray Allen hit the biggest shot of the Heat series, but we ain't gonna say like, <laughs> you know, it's just like. But what has Kyrie done, like besides the All Star? Because you know the All Star games and. The, it's fans, it's, it, uh, fans no, no, but we just talked about the big shot that he hit in the, the finals. Like, that's one of the, the biggest medal. shots. You gotta, give, you gotta give him the gold medal. That's one of the biggest shots in NBA Finals history. That three-pointer he hit on Steph Curry in Game 7, that won the game. Yeah, I know it won the game, and I know that he been to the finals, but it was because of LeBron James that they that he was even sniffed the well, finals. Yeah, because I don't think... until LeBron James came back, when he was with Cleveland by himself, he they wasn't doing nothing. No, they were trash. And then, but I don't and then he complained. He wanted his own team. He left the Boston. Boston didn't do nothing with him. All he did was <laughs> cause problems. He went to Brooklyn, got hurt, and now all he's doing is causing uh, trouble over there. So it's like, but I think I think all this proves Eric. I think what he's not necessarily a number one guy. I think he's like a great sidekick player, and that's okay too. Like there's a lot of number two guys in the Hall of Fame. Hell, Scottie Pippen. Um, I, I, maybe even somebody like, like obviously I know Stockton and Malone get attached to each other a lot, but like Malone was the main guy on those jazz teams. Like it's okay being a sidekick. Is, is, is Derek Fisher in the Hall of Fame? No. No. He's not a Hall of Fame. No, he's not. And, no. He's, like, and he's and I believe he's done and hit more bigger shots than Kyrie. Well, but big shots doesn't mean Hall of Fame. I mean, <laughs> Robert Ory's not a Hall of Robert Ory's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, Robert Ory's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but I'm saying Kyrie hasn't done enough on his own. To show me that oh this dude can lead a team he's done this he's a Hall of Famer like he just has not sure he can yeah I'm not sure he's a number one guy I think yeah. he's a great I, number two listen 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 uh Eric I agree like look like you you saying that right I don't think he's done enough right as far as a number one but like what Quab said the number being a number two guy you you can make the Hall of Fame and I I think you don't realize how easy and the basketball Hall of Fame is probably the easiest out of all the sports. 
as far as the Hall of Fame to make. I mean, there are guys in there like Mitch Richmond, who's a Hall of Famer. And you have yeah. people, you have people that like like Quab said that are number twos that are a lot of number twos that are in the Hall of Fame that weren't the main guys. So I don't think you have to be a main guy to make the Hall of Fame. Like he already has the credentials to make a Hall of Fame. Like he like I understand like you know the All Star Game is more of a popularity thing, but he he's yeah. a six time All Star. He won the All Star Game MVP one year. You know he was a Rookie of the Year. He was you know All Rookie First Team. He has he has a gold medal. You know what I mean from from the Olympics? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm gonna so lean towards that. Yes, that all yes, counts, man. Yes. When you go into the basketball hall of fame, they don't just count the NBA. They count international. They count even your, you know, your college. You know, he went to Duke. He had, a, you know, even though I know he was hurt, I think one year at, at Duke, but he, when he played, he was awesome. So it's like all that when you when they, they're gonna take everything into consideration. And yeah, and I'm looking at this thing now. He was even he was USA Basketball Athlete of the Year one year. So like all that is gonna count. You know what I'm saying? And so, Eric, you got – yeah, and I agree with that, D. And if you look historically at the NBA, you know, whether it's the 80 Celtics teams, like Kevin McHale's a Hall of Famer. He was never a number one dude. Never. You know, you got – He was heck, arguably a number three player. Yeah, exactly. You know even I mean? even a guy – even a, look at a guy like – um, look at a guy like Tony Parker who always had – like I I think we can all agree Tony Parker's probably oh, a yeah. Hall of Famer. He was never asked yeah. – he was never asked to be a number one dude. I think you can be a sidekick – and you're 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 not saying you're as valuable as the number one guy, but you're also needed to make that run. Kobe was the number two guy on a lot of those early Laker teams, and oh, I don't yeah. they wouldn't have. I, I don't believe that you can be a number two and be a Hall of Famer, but I also believe to be a number two and be a Hall of Famer that you just have to do more on a consistent basis. He was the number two with LeBron for a few years, and then after that, he really didn't do nothing. Like he really hasn't done anything in the past. Shit, since the since he left Cleveland, he hasn't yeah. done anything. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I agree with you. And he had, I, and he I had agree solid with you on team. That, he but... had a solid team. He had a solid team with the Celtics, and it was just bad for him there. Okay, and I'll give him that. Maybe it didn't work out. And right now, Brooklyn is not looking good, but he doesn't have Durant and his whole team, so I'll give him some slack right there. Yeah, I just think I think like I said, like I think when you look at just the basketball Hall of Fame, it's just not hard to get in. Like you're. You're, yeah. you, you don't have to have, like, the greatest of greatest stats. Like I said, for him to already to be a six-time All-Star, he's an NBA champion, he's won a gold medal, you know, he was Rookie of the Year. Just off of that alone, he would probably make it. Now, would he be first ballot? Maybe not. But he he would eventually get in, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Because it's just not that hard to get into the, the Basketball Hall of Fame, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, are there guys that with better credentials than him or have done more, been more consistent? Yeah, of course. But I'm just talking about – Looking at his resume now, yeah, he probably is a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think right. so too. Yeah, I think he makes it. And like, and it goes back to what we said a couple of times. I don't think it's as hard to make the basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's the easiest out of the out of the team sports to make. You know what yeah, I mean? you don't have to do a lot to make the basketball Hall of Fame. If you're like a five time All Star, you've won a gold medal. You know what I'm saying? You especially if you won a title and you're on like an NBA first team, you you'll make the you'll make the Hall of Fame just off that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I understand. I, I get y'all. I yeah. just wanted to get y'all take on it. Nah, no yeah. doubt. We appreciate you asking, man. And and once again, thanks for coming on the show. What a great, fun episode this was. Yeah, yeah man. I, I, I've been waiting for this, man. Just just to be able to catch up with y'all and have a good, you know, hour or so long conversation. I ain't been able to have that with y'all in a long time, man. So that was good. I know we were supposed to link up a couple times when you came to Cali, but it didn't work out. But that's yeah, the I'm next time you again, man. You better come. You better come through this time. Man, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm standing right here, live on the air. Next time you come to Cali, 
no matter what I'm doing, I'm gonna make sure we link up. I'm gonna drive to <laughs> I'm gonna do whatever it takes. I'm gonna come to you. Definitely, whatever it takes. I'm gonna make it happen. No, nah, no doubt. But thanks once again for joining, man. Thanks for being one of our biggest supporters. We appreciate the love that yeah, you give no us doubt, every man. week. Yeah, and um, for all our listeners out there, you know, we'll have another episode for you real soon. We hope you really enjoy. Um, D, got anything else you want to add? Nah, like I said, I just appreciate just, you know, keep supporting. You know, like I said, I, I appreciate all the new listeners, you know, people I've been promoting, like I said, through the social media, whether it's Instagram or Twitter. You know, when I reach out, you know, you're reaching back, you know, saying you're going to check us out. You know, I really appreciate that. So just keep, you know, listening and supporting. And that's all we ask. No, no doubt. And we're going to leave you with a, a, another track from um, Algorithm on part of the Stuyvesants. Once again, you can listen to his music on Spotify. And D, can you spell his name for me for the listeners? Is it A-L-L-M-O-S? Oh, well, yeah. Well, he goes by almost, yeah, almost too. It's, yeah, A-L-M-O-S, yeah. Just one L? No, no, two L's. Okay, A-L-L-M-O-S, so almost, yeah. a.k.a. Algorithm. Yeah. And once again, you can listen to his music on Spotify. But until then, until next time, I should say, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you guys again next week. Peace. 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 Thank you.